0: The following podcast contains spoilers and words like f***, f*** and f***. Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watch The Thing. This week I'm joined once again by my lovely wife Noosk. How you doing Noosk? I'm okay. That's good. <laughs> And this week it was date night. Mm. So we once again hopped down to our local Dendi cinemas. The wonderful folks there were still running the Denis Villeneuve retrospective in the lead up to Dune, which I'll be chatting about this week with Toph. And we got to his most recent film... Blade Runner 2049, which is a 2017 American neo-noir science fiction film directed by Denis Villeneuve, da, written by Hampton Fancher and Michael Green. It's a sequel to the 1982 film Blade Runner, and it stars Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford, Ana de Armas, Sylvia Hoax, Robin Wright, Mackenzie Davis, Carla Jury, Dave Bautista and Jared Leto. And what is it about Noosk? Oh, um,
1: (laughs) it takes off where the last Blade Runner that I hadn't seen um, 30 years after that. Um, so there's still Blade Runners who have to kill off the Nexus 8s now. And trouble ensues.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know. Okay. Um, you have Ryan Gosling you- makes an interesting discovery in one of his kills.
0: Yeah, you should clarify now that you, ha- you have now seen Blade Runner.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think people want my opinion on that. <laughs> Another new skis shit takes.
0: <laughs> don't do a soundbite. I might. I might. Don't. Do a sound no. I'll quit. I I do think it's important, and it's important to you know you can't. I don't think you can really fully talk about this film without talking about the original Blade Runner. So sure. it, might, it might come up. Yeah. But it's so a bit boring. And <laughs> 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 You're never gonna have me on again. Blade Runner 2049 though is a very interesting film. We- I, I purposefully decided that it might be interesting for us to go into this one blind and mm. then watch the original the next day yeah. because- And Toph was like, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you can, mate. It's well, fine. Honestly, this film Easy was- Easy to catch up. This film was made like 35 years after the original. It's very important for a film like this. You know, like you look at 2009 Star Trek, a really, really good legacy sequel should stand alone without having seen the original.
1: Did you say legacy sequel? Yeah. Like le- legacy sequel? Yeah. Is that a thing people say? Yeah. Is this like when you're like, the kids say
0: slaps? No, it's a real thing. And I do think this one does, to be honest. I I had no problem following the plot Yeah. without having seen the original. Yep. I mean, obviously, they're a, they're a reference to the original, but they're all very much explained.
1: Yeah. There was a couple of things upon watching the original that I was like, oh, okay. Yep, I get that like a bit more now, but I don't know. I wasn't missing it, certainly. No. Yeah, I didn't need to have seen it, so,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come out with you and, and agree with you with what I think you were saying. I, I think this is a, a far superior film to the original Blade Runner. <gasps> <Whoa. laughs> um, You know, like, I, I enjoy Blade Runner, mm. but it's- Yeah, I I don't think it's as powerful a film as this, and I do think that the pacing in it is- You know, people already talk about the pacing of this film. I think the pacing of the original is is far slower. But what I will say is, and what I like about this film, is that it does- It it feels like it fits within the universe very much. Like, tonally, it fits completely. Music and and everything. you might think that would be difficult with a film this far removed from the original, but- it very much. Well, I suppose fits it and- was
1: so stylized and so um perhaps different to what people had seen back then that it was easy to follow along in its like it left a good little footprint to work with.
0: Yeah, true. So let's hop straight into the story then. Were you at any point confused? Did you feel like the pacing was was off at all? I do like- think it was too long. Yeah. Definitely too long.
1: There were whole scenes um that just like could have just been edited down and you still would have understood exactly what happened in the scene and like there was lots of long takes on ryan gosling's face and i wasn't complaining <laughs> um but yeah it, it like what was it two and a half hours yeah just yeah. just
0: a, a sniff over yeah
1: a sniff over you. um <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know. It definitely could have been edited down just to be a sort of neater film in total, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, it's probably Scott my made the original. only criticism of it, though, it was really good. It just like it just kind of dragged on in bits. I was just like, okay, we get what's happening. Keep
0: going. Yeah, and um, I, but I think tonally that's part of what makes it feel like a continuation of. The original, because the original does very much the same thing. Yes. And Ridley Scott, who made the original, he said that he would have easily cut half an hour out of this film. And yeah. I must yeah. say, I do think I'd agree. And you yes. know what I think is interesting to me is that the half hour I would cut is the final half hour. Mm. I actually don't think that Deckard's inclusion in this film really is that important. I, I like I understand why it's there. But, you know, when he first pops up, you do get a little bit of that kind of Force Awakens feeling where mm. it feels a little bit like fan service. Like like we're meant to cheer because, oh, yes. look, it's Harrison Ford yes. on screen again.
1: Oh, yeah. He comes out of the black. you yeah. know, like, who's going to be? But, oh, it's Harrison Ford. But this
0: is a very different movie tonally to Star Wars. And I just yeah. don't think that's necessary. That works in-, in Marvel
1: films or, yeah, some of the new Star Wars films and stuff. But I don't know. It just, yeah, it didn't feel like that. The right fit for this film. Although, I don't know, we weren't going into it as huge Blade Runner fans. That's
0: true. So, that would be a cool moment for them. For me, when you break down the story that this film tells, I think that the strongest elements are- I mean, I fucking- I love the, the noir of the first- hour or so where Ryan Gosling is a detective in this futuristic landscape and he's trying to figure this thing out. And, yeah. you know, especially when he believes that he himself is embroiled in it. Mm. I love that aspect of it. Mm. And I think the world building in this film is very strong. And yeah, a lot of that world building was done in the first film. But as I say, I think you can very much watch this as a standalone film and, and oh, yeah, you get definitely. all of that. You understand this world. The other element that I really love and and I wish there was more of is Anna de Armas as Joy. Well, of course, you want more of Anna de Armas. Oh, look, do I love Anna de Armas? Yes, we Absolutely. get it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: As you said but, several times on the way home.
0: <laughs> but even aside from that, I, I think she is the strongest element of this film for me. Like, she is the heart of this film. And yeah, that's why it's job. such a crushing moment when she dies. Firstly, because it's just it's it's awful. Because I love Hannah de Amas, but mm-hmm. secondly, I want more of her. I just I would be happy if this. But film you get was more just- of
1: her later because that's the point. She's not original. She's yeah. just. A hologram that people buy or yeah. are given. Yeah. And that's kind of a- I found that more crushing. I mean, we knew we knew she was already. Yeah. um, And we had even seen her hologram um, on the sort of- not a billboard, but like on a building in the background. Yeah. But when she actually speaks to him and says, you're a good Joe- Yeah. And I was like, oh, mate- He's just found out he's not special <laughs> and, now, and now you're basically showing that you never really loved him. It was just a
0: program. Cool.
1: <laughs> Kick but, Ryan Gosling while he's down.
0: But, yeah, I, I love Anna de Armas' performance in this film. I think there's something so sweet and naive about this AI that she's playing that, you know – it is but so. That's because that's what he likes. I know. <laughs> okay. I know. But okay. that's what we all like. We all want Arda Every single one of us. Me, you. Okay. This. Yeah. C- we all want Arda What?
1: Who's? You're not even pointing at anyone.
0: <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I could go out on the street and throw a stone, and I'd hit someone who thinks Anna de Armas is the perfect woman.
1: Oh my god! It's like when you go on about Anne Hathaway. Christ, she's the every. Woman she's moves. not the every woman. Leave Stop Anne it. Out of okay, this. we're done. This is gonna quit. But
0: so, I mean, let's get on to the rest of the performances then. Did you enjoy Gosling's turn in this film? Yes, yes.
1: He's always good, though. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything I thought he was poor in. Yeah. Yeah, he was – yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't say he was, like, outstanding. He was just good. He did his job. I felt a lot of heart for Batista. He only has one scene and a few Mm. lines, and I don't know. I just – yeah, I felt like he he delivered that scene pretty well.
0: Yeah. Um, I was actually surprised by his performance in this. Like, I've liked Dave Bautista in the past. Mm. He's His performance in Dune, which I won't say too much about because, as I said, that episode comes out this week, mm. extremely disappointing to me. Really? Yeah, but so to see him in this where as you say he brought a lot of heart to it in the one scene he's in, I thought he was excellent in this film. Really surprised me. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
1: I tell you who I did find a very interesting character was Love. Yeah. Yeah, um Wallace's sort of main servant robot girl. Yeah. She was a very complex character because she was incredibly badass but also just like pure evil, but not pure evil
0: because I mean she's a program. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but she she actively did not like when Jared Leto was being a sex pest. Yeah. Um Didn't know they were filming. Interesting fact <laughs> and true. <laughs>
0: that's my joke.
1: <laughs> I'm stealing it. But she didn't like seeing other- um,
0: Replicants. Uh,
1: yeah, other replicants yeah. harmed. And yet she was willing to die for him. It was uh, bizarre. I think um, that
0: to me that's the really interesting part of the- Blade Runner universe, obviously created by Philip K. Dick based on the book Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which, you know, he wrote a lot of books that were later adapted into great films. Mm. And yeah, to me, that's what really sets this kind of universe apart is that these, they're not just robots. Mm. They have emotions and feelings and thoughts of Mm. their own, you know, and that's very clear from the start. You could- Well, they're human- Human enhanced. Yeah, but you can very easily mistake Ryan Gosling's character for being a regular human. You mm, know, like when he comes home from that first day of work and he's like, oh, I need a drink, you know, and he's talking to Joy, but even before you see she's a hologram.
1: Yes. Well, you're guessing
0: it is because- His (laughs) actions are so human. Mm. And, you know, and that's played up obviously in the original as well where they actually need to conduct tests Mm. on the replicants to- See how they yes. react to things. Yeah. And yeah. You, like And they
1: have to have a like another interview yeah. survey type thing when they return after a That's job right, yeah. to confirm they're still
0: because obviously obedient. Yeah, because obviously in the original Blade Runner, you're talking about the Nexus 6. So, it's a full three models after that one that mm. was already tricky to mm. tell apart from human. Mm. And I think that's really interesting in the way that they they have emotions and they're able to disagree with actions, but they are there to do a job mm. and they are effectively slaves. It's, mm. it's really – it's a very interesting concept.
1: Yeah. I really like the – score of the film. Yeah. And how it sort of always seemed to I don't know, not not necessarily because there was, you know, in the um Vegas desert and things like that, but it often coincided with just long shots of like the rain or yeah, yep. the city and how depressing LA looks now. Yeah. More depressing than currently.
0: Yeah. I've, I've said And that's the- saying something. I've said in the past that I'm not a huge An Zimmer fan. And I, I don't know why I say that because every time I hear a Hans Zimmer <laughs> score, I'm like, yeah, this is really good. <laughs> but one thing I love about this score is the way that it plays on the original Blade Runner motif. Oh, yeah. Like, you yeah. know, that original score is so present, and yet this is kind of well drony, in- but. Um, well, and even that, that melody. Echoey, that plays orchestral.
1: Through. Yeah, yeah. And then the kind of theme. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But. It still stands very much on its own, I think. And yes. it's just a gorgeous score. It fits at every point. Like and-
1: it, it was bizarre. I I loved the score so much. I was like, God, I could just listen to this as like a meditation track or something. It's yeah. so beautiful. But then I think it would be too emotive for me and it would bring back the kind of grittiness of the film. Like yeah. they, they go hand in hand together. Yeah. I
0: really liked that. I mean, you were talking about the the kind of city Mm. And this is one thing that I love about both this film and the original Blade Runner is the production design and the way that the city of L.A. is Feels a like Hong
1: Kong and – Well, yeah.
0: yeah, and I – this is always one of my favorite things. You know, there's there's two ways to go with a dystopian future. Hmm. You can go full Mad Max, like just the world is completely in ruins. There's mm. there's no infrastructure. There's no nothing. Yeah. Or you can go the opposite way, like this and Wally, for example, where it's mm. like technology has advanced so much
1: that, left, that really. as
0: humans we have devolved. Yes. And that is one of my favorite concepts that sci-fi can play with, and that's where I think this universe really does set apart and it is a sci-fi. You know, like, this is one thing I always do. When I watch a movie like this, I go, well, is this a sci-fi movie or is it actually, you know, for example, in this case, a noir or a fantasy? Mm. And to me, for a movie to be sci-fi, it needs to really play on some kind of reality, and, and I think this- this does for hmm. me.
1: And have an element of science to it as yeah. well. Which yeah. um oh God, every time Jared Leto was on, I was like, go
0: away. <laughs>
1: How are you still working in Hollywood? Just fuck off.
0: I actually didn't think he was terrible in this film. He was I mean, gross. He's yeah. always gross. Well, yeah, he is. And he he's...
1: didn't even know they were filming. <laughs> Stop stealing
0: my bit. But, yeah, I mean, he's meant to be playing gross. So, yeah, he's he's a gross, disgusting pig of a human, but they know, were like, so is Wallace. So <laughs> they were I like,
1: think, we've got the perfect man for the
0: job, uh, Jared I, Leto. I didn't, I didn't find myself wanting to turn away while he was on screen, really? which I sometimes I do. Yeah.
1: He slashes a woman just for the sake of it because he's like, can't get his way and make them breed. Oh, he's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, didn't like him. Not a fan. Jared Leto, if you're listening, I
0: don't like <laughs> you. Let's talk about the cinematography. Obviously, Roger Deakins is one of the greatest cinematographers to ever live.
1: Oh, what's he done?
0: Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. I mean, <laughs>
1: I'm hoping Toph is listening to this one. <laughs> I've I mean, heard him talk about it he, so he many won't. times. He
0: won't. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, most recently he did 1917. He's he's yeah, worked yeah. He's with he's alright. He's worked with Vilner before uh, with Sicario and Prisoners. Ugh, scary. He's quite frequently collaborated with the Cohen brothers. Uh, no Country for Old Men, uh, The Lady Killers, Intolerable Cruelty, um, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yeah, it, the list is extensive. The Shawshank Redemption.
1: Oh, still have
0: fucking seen So Shawshank was his first of fifteen Academy Award nominations, Aww, just to let you know just... that he's he's good at his job. Oh,
1: stop showing off, mate. I get it. You're this very good.
0: Is such a beautiful film. Yes, like, it is visually very pretty. Every well, single not pretty but every single frame could be a painting. And mm-hmm. what Deacons has become so good at is you know, people think of cinematography as camera work, but it is so much more than that these days like mm. you look at the blend in this film of visual effects and the real yeah, camera yes it is almost impossible to tell where one ends and one begins even when when you have giant naked holographic anna de Armas on screen and it's like okay well she's clearly not really there yeah. but everything blends yeah. so well it's yeah. just a gorgeous looking piece mm. of art
1: yeah yeah i know you could definitely take some of the um Shots of this film and, like, put it on your wall.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm sure you'd love a naked Anna de- de- <laughs> I, I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I realised from this film? And then I went to the interwebs in search of someone affirming that my opinion was correct. And I found a whole article on it that fringes, bangs, still hold up in 2049. <laughs> they are a real thing. I was like man, I really want to get a fringe again. (laughs) If Beth was here, she'd be like, friends don't let friends get bangs. But all the lead females had one and there wasn't – well, actually, sorry, there was only four and the only one who doesn't get a fringe is poor Robin Wright and that's because she is a lead in a – uh, typically male dominated. Yeah, she's a, she's a pantsuit. Yeah, yeah, That pissed me off. <laughs> Give her a fringe. Everyone else gets one. Fringe Why doesn't a, she? Well, there's something. There's something. They had cutesy. to make her so. Like uh, I don't yeah. know, butch. Or there's not. something
0: cutesy about a fringe. It's it's the equivalent of having pigtails. Like
1: no, it's not. It Ew. is. It is. No. A fringe is
0: very similar to pigtails in how it not can age a person. And yeah, definitely not always. Fringes is um, cute. Like.
1: Not always. Look at Anna de Armas; she's sex on legs in this film, babe. Okay, yeah. (laughs) What I'm saying is, it just annoyed me that the fringes could be so stylized in certain ways for each character. Love gets a very stark, sharp fringe, very almost 60s, and like relates to her um, harsh character. Mackenzie Davies' character gets, you know, one that sort of hangs right down into her eyes, which just make her eyes look huge. And, of course, Anna Darmus has the thick one that sort of frames her face. And then poor Robin Wright gets nothing. <laughs> she gets nothing. She gets her hair slipped back. She's very bland looking because she has to be the boss bitch. And I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> Surely in 2049 we're not still doing that where a, a woman in a male-dominated environment has to be looking like a man still. Yeah.
0: Seriously. Mackenzie Davis, also wonderful in this film. Um, I I love her. I've loved her. She was brilliant in Tully. And I think Mm, that the entire cast in in this film is really, really strong. Yeah. Everyone holds
1: their own. Let's talk Mr. Ford.
0: I mean, where were you on Harrison Ford in the film? I mean, Oh, at
1: that point I hadn't seen the original, but I knew he was in the original. So, I don't know. I was like, cool. There he is. This is a big moment for people watching who know what's going on.
0: (laughs) B- big year for Harrison Ford, because, you know, only two years before this, his his character resurfaced in Force Awakens. And then this is the same year, obviously, as Last Jedi, where, you know, we, spoiler alert, sadly saw the <laughs> end of uh, Han Solo.
1: Who has not seen Last Jedi? Come on, people. Get it together. Um,
0: so, yeah, big year for-, for Harrison Ford, you know, resurging characters from from the past.
1: Yeah, he's like. Do I get any new material?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I, I thought he was very good in this film. You know, there's there's an ongoing kind of new narrative around Harrison Ford that you know, particularly his work of late has been bad. You know, I think everyone agrees that his early work was was really great. You know, I massive fan of The Fugitive, obviously Star Wars. Um, you know. What Lies Beneath. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah,
1: great. <laughs> he's freaky in that.
0: But for the last kind of 10 years at least there's been this narrative that he's, he's a mumbler and that he puts in a he lot less effort. He does mumble in
1: What Lies Beneath.
0: It pisses <laughs> that, me off. That he's kind of a bit of a Bruce Willie, you know, puts in a lot less effort than he used to. But I I thought that he, and maybe it's because he's resurging an old character but I thought that he was really great in this film. He's, he's this great blend of kind of cynical and charismatic that really works for this universe and this character yeah um and yeah i I found him really enjoyable
1: well um i suppose he was picking up an old character as well so we kind of had to match that whereas i don't know maybe the mumbling has been a choice for new things and maybe he's like okay i'll get it i won't do it anymore
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe it's an artistic style yeah maybe 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 i should pick that up just be a mumbler on the show (laughs) So, anyway, okay. let's talk about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Righto. Your podcast personality wouldn't allow it. <laughs> I want to know where the flowers came from. The flowers at the, like, I suppose, the grave of the woman who, you know, Rachel from the old film. Yeah. has And, uh, you know, it annoyed me that the old film didn't lead up to them, like, Rachel- You know, like, it didn't set up the fact that, oh, my God, she could be pregnant and miracles happen and stuff. Yeah. Like, having watched this movie and then going back, I was like, their relationship's not even very well developed.
0: No. He won't
1: even let her leave. I was like, I don't know if that would float
0: today. Yeah, for me, that's my biggest flaw for the original is, I agree, I think the relationship between Deckard and Rachel is is very underdeveloped yeah. in the film. Particularly when you look at it through the lens of this as a sequel where it's supposed to be this It all kind hangs
1: of on their relationship. Love
0: story, yeah. And you really don't get any of that in in the original. They, they don't you know, I'm I'm a softie. I'm a romantic. I love a love story and I'm always on the lookout for a love story even if it's small. And I just didn't get that sense from no, the original. It was kind of um, nothing. Several scenes are kind of almost rapey yeah just a touch <laughs> um yeah i i agree you know i had a much bigger sense of a love story from from kay and joy in this film
1: yeah yes definitely i just i was a bit yeah i don't know fans will probably like write to you and give you more one-star reviews whatever <laughs> um i don't care <laughs> but i i don't know i just going back and watching it i was like oh i, I was just really disappointed by it I, yeah i'm i'm sure i'm in the minority there i know i am but I, there just wasn't actually a lot of character development like even for him even yeah. even Harrison Ford just alone like He's just kind of this, you know, cowboy. He's like, I won't do it. And then he's threatened. He's like, okay, I will do it. And then he goes off and he does his job. And he does it really poorly most of the time. Most of the time he gets his ass kicked and then saved by her or luck or like, what was all the fuss about? (laughs) But 2049, I was totally there for. Edit it down. It's a perfect film in my
0: opinion. Let me ask you this. The original has- always posed a lot of questions about you know was he himself a replicant or not
1: Harrison Ford Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: And there are there are some people who who feel that this kind of has a similarly open end about whether or not Ryan Gosling is or not.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Where are you on that? Do you
1: I mean, he heals very well, suggesting that he is not just a Average, <laughs> average joe human yeah oh so helpful. so i i guess he is i just you've really felt his longing to always wonder if he was in fact special yeah and it's just kind of sad that he's not but i do like that he does the right thing in the end and yeah you know doesn't kill harrison ford saves him c- connects him with his daughter actually sorry that's another female character she was great
0: yeah, the, the memory, the, the memory ma- maker. Yeah. yeah, yep, and oh, a she great. Was
1: so sweet and pure and and yeah. just you had a lot of heart for her instantly.
0: And a great scene visually too, when you see her making those memories and kind of tweaking these little yeah. details. Yeah, the birthday and-
1: parties yeah. and like in the rainforest, and then like you know the emotional connection she has to creating yeah. all the memories. Really I was beautiful
0: like, touch because that's something that obviously in the original is kind of. Touched on, yeah. You know, I believe the Nexus Six is the first model that they begin to give. Yes, memories. well, here they talk about it. You know, yeah. Rachel is is kind of the first experiment that doesn't. That's how doesn't know that she's a replicant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's it's really it's one of the best things that the sequel does is expand on on those kind of elements mm-hmm. of the original. And really flesh them out, you know, like seeing people craft these memories and the idea that that Gosling was implanted with with real memories that he shouldn't have been. Yes. It just really expands on the world building of this universe. And
1: her, her tearing up when she confirms for him that, yeah. yes, that's a real memory, which then you later discover is actually her memory. Yeah. And it's like, wow, what are the chances that she gives it to him and it all leads – Eventually, one day, to her father being reconnected with her. Yeah. Like, of all the replicants she could have given it to, I don't know. There was, like, a nice little fate twist in there, too, which yeah. was a bit cute. Yeah. But back to the flowers, where the fuck did they come from? Because <laughs> nothing seems to grow or exist. Yeah. So, where did the
0: flowers come from? Didn't- uh, I'm trying to remember. Did someone even say something about never having seen a tree?
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 And it was, like, it was an old- Dead tree, Yeah, it? was. It? But, it
0: was dead, yeah. But it, but it, was, still it was still a tree. A tree. But,
1: yeah. like, there there was no evidence anywhere of anything growing. He had his, what were they, like, witchetty grub farm? Yeah. What were they? Is that a he, very strange thing? He called it thing? a
0: protein farm. Y- so yeah, oh, yeah, but that's they just were meat. To, whether, that's not- whether or not they were to eat these bugs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I figured they were. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, like, there was nothing ever in the film that, Including at that farm where he was like this lone farmer out in the wild sort of thing that alluded to there being any life form whatsoever, natural plant life form. And then there's just some yellow flowers plopped on a grave and I was like, well, of course he's going to be like, what? (laughs) But where'd they come from? I loved the discovery they had of examining, you know, she had a fracture in the ilium crest, like her bones, and yeah. that's, you know, really only found in childbirth. And then they're like, but they've also convenient that um, the code is put right there in their fracture. Yeah, <laughs> like that's yeah. kind of convenient, isn't it? I mean,
0: I mean, that itself raises questions even that, oh, okay, so replicants have skeletons then. They have yeah. full bones.
1: Well, kind of. They've got ids printed on them so are they real bones i guess and then we see jared leto slash the i don't Mm. know the poor chick who just came down for him to release some rage in that particular area so perhaps that's where they always
0: put the code you know what i always find funny about watching sci-fi films particularly ones from the past is that They've never forward thought enough for the future. It's it's like when you watch Lost in Space, which is set in 1997, <laughs> and it's a little bit the same. They forward
1: thought in a very good way, because you can put your clothes in a washing machine and they come out dry, clean and folded. Yeah. Folded. Why don't we have that?
0: Why not? Yeah. Why
1: don't we have that? It's a little Bullshit. bit the same
0: with this. Like, obviously, this one is set in 2049, which is still the future. Yeah. But it's springing off something set in 2019, which is now yes. the past. And so it already kind of, it. maybe this is just me and maybe I just need to be like, oh, I mean, it's a movie, whatever. But it's like, okay, so you need to buy into the fact that in this reality, 2019 was already completely different. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And I, just, I always have trouble doing that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why don't we have flying cars? Why don't so we have cool. flying cars?
0: So cool. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rude.
1: And there was so much smoking, it really dated it and made it feel much more like an
0: 80s film. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's always going to be- It's the same when you look back at Alien. Mm. You know, it's like, yeah, it, uh, and hairstyles as well. Yes, You can't yep. deny I
1: find that less in Alien. I felt like it was really heavy in this one. Yeah. Especially with Daryl Hannah's <laughs> hair, like, so fluffy, so over yeah. the top. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I read that um, the year after it came out that everyone, well, all the females were dressing as her for Halloween, just like teasing the shit out of their hair and just like sweeping black across their eyes. God, her makeup is
0: awful. Oh, so that's interesting because – so the original was was not a huge success. It, mm. was, it was a success critically and in years since it's become a bit of a cult film mm. and 2049 was – no different. It is in the list of the 10 biggest box office yeah, flops of all it's time. it's crazy. And that's not to say it wasn't a success, but its budget was so large and it made so little back. Yeah. So even though it's very well received critically, it was nominated for, you know, several awards. It won Best Cinematography, Best Visual Effects. It was up for Best Sound Editing, Sound Mixing, Production Design, all of very much deserved. Mm. Uh, it got eight nominations at the British Academy Film Awards, including Best Director. Um, So, you know, critically, it was very well received. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with, A, the runtime.
1: Yes. It's a bit too slow. Yeah. Moving as well.
0: And, B, the fact that it is a sequel to a property that, you know, like, Blade Runner is not Star Wars. You know, like, film nerds are really into Blade Runner, they yeah. know Blade Runner, they appreciate it. Your average Joe off the street doesn't. Mm. So, you know, I think if this film
1: They need to have plugged it more. And it's not like it didn't come out in a time of social media anyway, perhaps not as prevalent as it is now. But
0: yeah. um just put y- Ana de Armas on every poster and, <laughs> and then you've captured an audience. And
1: you'll have a lot of sweaty overweight dudes turn up.
0: <laughs> I find that hurtful.
1: <laughs> or actually just Oh no, I didn't mean you. <laughs> Jesus
0: Actually, just all men in general. <laughs> you people are idiots. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I very much liked this film. It sounds like you very much yeah, liked I it. Yeah, I loved it. How yeah. are you scoring this film?
1: It's really hard because I do feel like some very solid, ruthless editing would just really help it. Um, I'm giving it a 9 out of 10.
0: Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. I think wow. that's the highest
1: score I've given anything.
0: So yeah, that's that's really I
1: really liked it. Yeah, right. But you would need to set aside some time and um like a quiet afternoon as well to watch it. You couldn't you couldn't have it on around, you know, other kids. You wouldn't do a big group watch perhaps with your friends or anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I loved this film as well. I'm an eight out of ten. I think it's really, really strong. I think you know the visual look of the film is stunning. The score mm. is incredible.
1: All the shadows and the lighting, yeah.
0: always the way,
1: especially in Wallace's offices. I suppose yeah. they are or something. Yeah, which, which was a play on the old film as well. Yeah. I noticed
0: the production Pleasure. design incredible, great cast. I agree with you. I think that the pacing is slightly off for me and. I think that the screenplay is strong, but pacing is a big part of it. And even even editing, I think that, you know, there are some shots that just linger too long and add to that runtime yeah. that don't necessarily need to. Like there was
1: and, – and that happened in the original too. Remember I said to you, like, we've got this long sort of, you know, whole scenes of him walking up the stairs. No, nope, no. Nope. You need one shot of him stepping up on the first step, and then you need the shot of him getting off at the top. Yeah. We don't need other things. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> Nothing. And we know that there's no suspense there because we know he's heading to the top. Yeah. And then stuff will happen. Yeah. It was the same with Ryan Gosling walking around the casino. I was like, cool, we've set the scene. Awesome. Now I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Hurry up.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I'm an I'm an eight out of ten. I think it's really Actually interesting. I want to
1: change my score. Yeah. Actually I was just remembering through Vegas. I was just like, Oh my God, we get it. Like the female nudity everywhere. And, yes, you saw the odd schlong, but I just felt like, I don't know, after a while I was just a bit like, oh, we get it. Women are still objectified in 2029. Yeah, and I
0: I was going to ask you about that. There was some (sighs) criticism of the film saying that the film itself is is misogynist, you know, that the only Mm. role women have is to be basically either sex workers or holographic girlfriends.
1: Yeah, yeah, and again, like Robin Wright, isn't allowed to be feminine, so yeah. you know what? I'm taking it down to an eight. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I it I'm did an eight piss eight. me off after a while, especially walking through Vegas and there's all the statues of the w- naked women in stilettos,
0: and it's all broken. And he's like, it was. I mean, that's almost like walking through Vegas now. Like <laughs> no, you can you, no. can, you can, you can walk through Vegas <laughs> and pretty easily see someone pop we, a titty. Do you
1: remember when we walked past all those showgirls and the limo of guys? Show
0: us your tits. we were like,
1: American speaks so formally. It's it's
0: so formal. (laughs) Show us your tits. Show us your tits. (laughs) Show us your muck hole, your dirty scrubber. Oh, my
1: God. Don't say that. (laughs) Oh, my God. We're done. Okay. That's enough. (laughs) Giving it a seven now because you pissed me off.
0: (laughs) But great film. I think what's really interesting to see, and this was one of the cool parts of, you know, the retrospective, was seeing the progression of Villeneuve's career. I'm very interested to see what happens next because, like, he has slowly morphed towards being a genre director. You know, like you look at his earlier—I thought you were going to
1: say big budget films.
0: You look at his earlier work, like Incendies, Enemy, Prisoners, Sicario. Mm. They're very much of the of the thriller variety. Hmm. They're very kind of psychological heavy, hmm. and then. You know, Arrival kind of splits that difference.
1: Oh, I loved Arrival so much.
0: I loved Arrival. I want to well, watch it but, again. But it kind of splits that difference of sci-fi with still being quite intimate. Yeah. And then you get slightly more sci-fi with this. Yeah, It's still intimate. Yeah. Now we move towards Dune, and we know that his next film is Dune Part Two. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah, I'm very, very interested to see kind of where he's going from here and, and if he'll ever return to that kind of more worldly mm. you know very, very I mean grounded. when you get
1: handed something big like Dune, you don't say no to it, but he might have his own ideas and come back to his own sort of style yeah. with his own films.
0: Yeah. I'll just like be curious to see, be curious to see where his career goes next.
1: I've actually been really wanting to watch Arrival again and oh I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but Sicario.
0: I mean, uh, it's a great film.
1: Yeah, ugh. I feel like I, I, I'd i go into it with my eyes wide open this time. <laughs> I was shocked last time. Yeah, it wasn't just a light. It wasn't fun. just a light fun <laughs> cartel movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. you know the ones.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for joining me, Noosk. This, no was, this was fun to get out to the cinemas. Uh, it was. This Thursday, I'll be joined by Toof talking about Dune, and next week I'll have. Paul from the countdown back on the show chatting about one of his favourite films, Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh. So, <laughs> sorry. Geez, I definitely need to make you a sound drop.
1: No, please don't.
0: Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at com or wewatchthing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at we the thing If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash thing and I'll catch you next week.
1: Ryan Gosling's beautiful.
0: hello everybody and welcome back to we watched a thing here we are again and this week it was once again date night so we hopped down to the wonderful folks at Dendy cinemas who were still running the denis villeneuve retrospective to finally check out the last film of his that we haven't seen from the last 10 years and i never introduced you hang
1: on <laughs> i don't need introduction
0: i'm a false unto
1: myself